You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. 11 days until Serbia. That can't be right. right that can't be right. <laughs> what is going on, man? What, what is that? 11 is that days. Let's see. Uh, I am 0% ready. I don't know about you. So it's going to be a busy 11 days. 11 days until we are in Serbia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. <laughs> we are presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use the code DNVR when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always a ton of stuff to bet on there. We've got the two-man game today on a Monday. Harrison Wind alongside Brendan Vote. What's going on, man? How was your weekend? My weekend was great, actually. Went by quick, though. I told myself I would have zero uh drinks this weekend i'm trying to <laughs> trying to stay ready for for serbia i had five so not great um but i did enjoy myself how are you you had five total drinks this weekend yeah well you i wanted to have count. zero so i feel like it could have been worse but it wasn't what i was going for nice nice uh my weekend was good i had a lot of drinks as well i'm back in my undisclosed location That's obviously right. but i was in Colorado over the weekend. I was in studio with you guys on Thursday. I was in Boulder also. Went back to, you know, one of the college bars, a couple of the college bars that I used to ha- nice. go to. I had more than five drinks, though. More than five drinks. That's, yeah. Well, you're an adult. I'm just, I'm trying to stay, like, it's been a rough summer for us, man. And I want to enter Serbia. I know it's going to be a, uh, a rough five days for us. So I'm trying to enter it in my peak physical condition. Yeah, we, we did just learn over the weekend that um, apparently on Friday in Belgrade, we're arriving uh, Friday. And on that Friday, there is something called Beer Fest, oh. uh, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, Tyson, I was at the sundowner over the weekend or, or the downer as, as the locals call it in Boulder shout out. Uh, but yeah, we're arriving on Friday and Friday night in Belgrade is beer fest, 150,000 people at beer fest. You can probably imagine what that is going to be like fresh off the plane, jet lag setting in. How do we start the trip? Beer fest, baby. I mean, there's no other way we could start it. To be it's totally perfect. honest, it's perfect. I'm looking forward to um, 
Adam complaining about how it's too much for him right up until he turns up harder than anyone else, turns into a different person. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so we will be there uh, alongside 150,000 of our fellow Serbians drinking beer. Um, but we do have a great show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to go around the association a little bit. There's a lot of pro-am drama over the weekend, Brendan. I, I don't know if you kept up with any of it, but we're going to get to uh, what's been happening around the league. And then the meat of today's show, we're going to declare for once and for all, who is going to be the Denver Nuggets' biggest rival heading into next season? What team is going to be the Nuggets' biggest rival? We're going to throw out some predictions. We're going to throw out you know, an argument for a couple different teams. Decide which team is unequivocally the Nuggets' rival heading into next season. And then we'll get to the mailbag. I uh, thought we'd do a little Monday mailbag. We got some good questions that we are going to hit uh, at the tail end of today's show. But... Uh, the first link I want to go to, Kale. I saw this on Nuggets Reddit. Shout out Nuggets Reddit. Uh, somebody got, I don't know if this is a guy on Nuggets Twitter. I don't know exactly who this is, but somebody got a tattoo that's a Jokic Bones Highland mashup. That's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Brendan, I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a score out of 10 on this tattoo uh, of the this Nikola Jokic Bones Highland mashup here. Well, you know what I love about this is they paid up for it. I mean, if you described this tat to me and I hadn't seen it yet, I would think yikes. But tip of the cap to the tattoo artist. Detail is there. Looks pretty clean. Doesn't look quite as tacky as I thought it might. <laughs> but I love calling your shot on the Bones Jokic two-man thing, which right. to this point doesn't really exist yet. Probably will, though. That is, um, That's quite the insane choice. It is a bold choice because you're not going with the Jamal Murray Nico Jokic mashup. You know, you're not even going with an MPJ or a, or an Aaron Gordon mashup. A couple more established players. You're going with Bones Highland, Nico Jokic. But you know, Bones with the Joker. I, I feel like that 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 has the most potential made maybe out of any combo for just the tattoo. So, um, I'll give it an eight out of ten. I'll give it an eight, eight out of ten. Can you imagine? You don't. You have no context for this. You're a Nuggets fan. You're at a bar and you see that tattoo. You spend 30 minutes trying to figure out if it's what you think it is, right? Like, hang on, oh, is yeah. that is that Bones Highland Yoker combo? Uh, I love it. I'm a fan. Eight out of ten from Snail. I'll approve. Seven or eight for me works for me. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, we will get back to Bones Highland in a second, but real quick. I saw this come in late last week. Jamal Murray leg pressing yeah. at uh, Nuggets practice facility in their weight room. Um, he put this video out on Instagram. Jamal Murray leg pressing 945 pounds. Brendan? Yeah, extremely impressive. But here's my first reaction. Okay. Does he have to have a minute restriction? Does it have to sit him on back-to-backs? <laughs> if, you're, if your ACL can do that, my goodness. But jokes aside, we know there was some hesitancy about sort of testing it and then how it would how how it reacted and, and just the confidence and, and putting it through difficult situations. I would imagine Harrison could be wrong that if you're worried about the state of your ACL, you don't get on there and leg press uh, 945 pounds. 
Right. That was my first reaction. Look, we've heard a lot of comments this summer about Jamal Murray's health. Michael Malone saying, look, we're going to take it slow with him. He's not going to play 30 minutes a game. He's probably going to have to take off some back-to-backs. Calvin Booth, you know, saying, yeah, you know, he's he's ready to go. He's ready to go. This might be the most definitive update mm-hmm. we've got. To your point, if you're leg pressing 945 pounds, you have zero concerns about your knee or about your ACL. Couldn't agree more. And if you do, then you shouldn't be in that gym. So it's awesome. And it's really, I mean, look, there's, this is different from the end of last season, trying to decipher the different things you're hearing. Is he going to play? When's he going to play? We will see Jamal Murray. We have seen enough to know he is ready to play basketball. The real question is how quickly can he ramp up to you know, what we consider par for his course. And I, there's a, uh, I think it's Murray Center is the account on Twitter. They've just been mm-hmm. tweeting Jamal Murray highlights for the last two weeks, like a new one every day. Yeah, And it's been my favorite part of logging on because you do, there's been so much of treating this like a hypothetical, like a eventuality, but we're, we're going to see Jamal Murray play basketball again in a Nuggets uniform. And we're getting real close, man. I know. What are your expectations for him just at the start of next season? <clears throat> Pretty low. I mean, it's not just the injury thing. We've all said this in some form or another. He has slow starts. That's just his pattern. You know, I joked with with a friend recently that it was and in, he is inconsistent and they corrected me and they said, no, he's very consistent. He consistently starts slow and then turns mm-hmm. it on. And it's a mm-hmm. good point. So I think Given uh, given the injury plus that sort of pattern, I'm not expecting him to look like an all star caliber player right out of the gate. Yeah, but I am I am expecting his presence alone at whatever version we get to be an upgrade from where they were with the roster last season. So both both of those things are true. I think. Yeah, I, I like that because yeah, I'm with you. I don't have huge expectations for him right at the beginning of the season. I think it's going to take some time. Look. When he comes back in October, I've said this a lot, but every time I say it, it's like eye-opening, but he will not have played in an NBA game in 18 months. Like, I don't care what injury you're coming back from. I just feel like when you take that much time off, it's just going to take a while to get back into rhythm. But his presence, kind of like you said, I I just think having Jamal Murray in the lineup, having him just playing in uniform, it's going to bring a more serious feel right. maybe just to Denver at the start of next season. Like the, the, the big storyline that everybody's going to be watching for at training camp at media day, like how serious is this team day in, day out? Because like, that's what Michael Malone wants. We know that he set the tone this entire off season. Like we need to be, on a championship mindset every single day, 365 days a year, every every single minute of every day. And I think having Jamal Murray's presence um, and just how he carries himself, how he prepares, his professionalism, just his attitude, I think that will contribute to that championship mindset. I agree. If you're a role player, particularly a returning one, although that's a dying breed in Denver right now, you're looking around, you're seeing Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter, if all on the court at the same time, you're thinking, yeah. oh, it's go time, right? I'm not wasting any any energy expenditure here, a- a- any possessions. 
we saw a little bit of that man post the trade in person in the arena. It was the first time I saw the Nuggets walking in, warming up, doing high fives, and they looked like the Suns or the Warriors do when they're feeling themselves, when they're focused, when they're not there to do anything but destroy. And then quickly their mindset was drastically altered, and, and understandably so. So how quickly can they get back to that? But I think I think just seeing those guys together should sort of spark and inspire everyone. They, they, this season's different. It's go time. No wasted games. No wasted quarters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Can't wait. I mean, oh, look, the, the offseason, it's been uh, – it has not been long. It's gone by pretty quickly. Uh, training camp is – when is training camp? It's August 8th today. Training camp is September 27th in San Diego. We'll be out there, of course. So, you know – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks away, six weeks away. It's not that far away, man. It's not that far away at all. We're getting there. I, I can feel it. I, we are in the, we're currently in the middle of the dead off season, but we were fed enough to start. And the Nuggets have so much to look forward to right now that yeah. my, my body clock's kind of already turning over, you know, to season time. I, I got to deviate real quick because Shams just tweeted out this report about Kevin Durant. And I think the crux of it is that uh, Durant has told the Brooklyn Nets owner, Joe Sy, that he needs to choose between him, Kevin Durant, or the pairing of general manager Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash. Um, so me or them, he's pretty much saying. But I, I have to go beyond that because my first reaction was just like, we haven't gotten an update on this situation in a while. I know. The fact that it drops... Like Monday at the beginning of the week and just, you know, just drop this on a Monday. We're going to give everybody something to talk about for the rest of the week. The content is all is suddenly filled again for the rest of the week, Brendan. I had the same reaction when um, Woj like would drop a story on Sunday night. Right. You know, right before the beginning of the week. I forget the one that he did recently, but it was just like a Sunday night news dump. Just setting us up for the rest of the week. Look, look, that's interesting to me, Fred. And the report's kind of a non-report, too. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. hey, remember that conversation that's been dying down? Let's start having that again. I was just thinking this morning that it's been a long time since we heard really any momentum. And even this is just the Nets figuring out internally. I'm very surprised by the lack of a real front runner emerging as someone who's actually going to land Kevin Durant. Generally, we get enough to sort of paint a picture. But mm -hmm. with the way the Suns thing has worked out, like right now the report is about basically internal squabbling. What would it take to keep him? It's just crazy yeah. to me that this hasn't moved, that this has moved so slow, so slowly. And I was thinking this morning that I genuinely have no idea how it's going to resolve itself. Um, but I do roll my eyes preemptively at the, right now every time I see an update from one of those two. It was Woj saying how the Celtics have emerged among teams that are interested in Kevin Durant. That was dropped at like 1130 on a Sunday night. Right. Yeah. Just perfect timing for, you know, all the producers out there to rework their A blocks for, right. you know, their shows on Monday. <laughs> Just, well, oh, we got a, we got a story guys. Um, but yeah, it is a little interesting considering Kevin Durant handpicked Steve Nash to be his head coach. Oh, that's right. Well, no, I thought they didn't have a head coach. No, you're right. You're right. That's right. You're right. 
You're right. One of their head coaches. That's right. Um, finally here, we got to get to some pro-am drama from over the weekend. So it involves Bones Highland. Uh, there's another one that involves DeJounte Murray and Paolo Bancaro. But the first one I want to get to involves Bones Highland. Um, Very... Somebody took a swing at Bones Highland and Very... that somebody was former Nugget. Brendan, this took place in Atlanta at a pro-am over the weekend. Former Nugget Brandon Goodwin uh, took a swing at our guy, Bones Highland. Uh, Nuggets legend. Yeah, I didn't think we'd hear his name again. I will say this. I am i don't know anything about this situation. Wasn't there. Haven't talked to Bones. Any of that. Not surprised someone's... someone's Taking issue with Bones plays a very cocky brand of, of street ball, pro am ball. And by you the think? way, a lot of players do. It's that version of basketball is very ego driven. Bones is from it, Bones is good at it. But I'm not surprised. I mean, he was in there with non NBA players. The last one we saw crossing dudes up, like throwing finger guns up and taking shots at guys who do not play pro basketball. And I was just thinking, man, someone's pride is going to get hurt eventually. However, I did not have on my bingo card that it would be Brandon Goodwin. So that's a fun nugget. Brandon Goodwin played 16 games with the Nuggets in 2019. I think he was on a two-way contract. We love him. We still love him. (laughs) The other piece of – oh, yeah, this was Brandon Goodwin's response. Nothing like summer hoops. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have, doesn't it feel like NBA players are outside right now in a way they haven't been in previous off seasons? Just the pro-am stuff is popping. Guys are just hooping in, in public forums and stuff. A little feels different to me than it has in, in off seasons past. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because just COVID is so on the back burner now where mm-hmm. Last offseason was somewhat normal, but this offseason is just the most normal. It is just normal. You know, it is like the 2019 offseason, which yeah. is the last offseason where COVID just hasn't even really been on anybody's mind. Like those Rico Hines runs at UCLA are going again, I think for the first time since pre-COVID. So I wonder if that's it, just kind of emerging from the hibernation i think so too i mean like whether we are or actually are not in a post-covid situation that is certainly seems to be the attitude i was feeling the same way about summer league which has been so weird yeah going back it felt like it felt the first time i was there this past year so i do think that energy is back but with nba players being so outside harrison comes a lot of drama for people like you and me to fill the a block with (laughs) Bench players talking like starters. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I have no idea who said what to the who in that situation. But um, maybe there's a good chance. I don't know. You know, like Bones just plays that way. I don't know Brandon Goodwin like that. Maybe they dapped up after the game and said, hey, man, uh, you know, just who knows? Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's real. I, I don't think they did because uh, I was going to link Bones's response. But oh, okay. he quoted a couple things but then deleted both tweets. So I, unless somebody took a screenshot of them, 
I, I can't find them. Okay. All right. Well, then I don't think they talk be. after the game though. <laughs> Look, that stuff can be ultimately harmless. And I think some of it is a symptom of some of the same stuff we love about bones, the confidence, mm-hmm. the drive, the energy, all of it. But it is something to monitor. I don't, you see Monte Morris, former Mr. Nugget Emeritus, sure. um, quote tweeted him and, and said, because Bones was having a hard time with some criticism about his music. Mm-hmm. And Monte quote tweeted him with some some sage advice for the youngster. And Bones is young. Just something to remember. You know, maybe he's got control of it. Maybe he doesn't. People grow into and out of, you know, different types of things off the court. But that energy, there's two sides to that sword is really my only point. And one side is sometimes people don't uh, like, people don't like to get shown up. People don't like to get shown up. People especially don't like to get shown up on their home court. And mm-hmm. that's my read on this. Brandon Goodwin is from Georgia. Right. And so I wonder if this was bones coming in, dropping forward. I don't, I don't know how many points he scored. Sure. I'm going to guess 40. Um, so, somewhere in that ballpark, just absolutely like showing him up in his hometown on his home court. Like that would probably piss somebody off. Yeah, I was expecting someone's pride uh, to get hurt. Yeah, but yeah, Bones does play a style that is going to easily rattle somebody. Absolutely, especially when he's in that pro-am environment. Oh, I mean, and it's, you know, those aren't assumptions. Like, you can find videos of Bones playing, you know, just on a local court back as a high schooler, and that's how he played. That Those highlights you had of him chucking the ball off the backboard because he didn't want to win on a free throw. Like that's that's who bones is. And that's, that's an awesome thing when it's harnessed and directed in the right direction. But again, just sometimes two sort two sides to that sword and just something to watch with our good friend busy. This has kind of been the summer of bones in a lot of aspects. I mean, part of it is just because he's online like five times as much as the next Nuggets player. So he's just so visible. Right. He's I, just in our lives so much more than these other guys simply because he's on Twitter so much. But the Pro-Am stuff, the rap songs, his dog, <laughs> like there's just been a lot of Bones stuff happening this summer, I feel like. It's true, man. And it's really is just that he's such – someone in the chat said, I think it's that they're online more. Other than yeah. Rhett Johnson. And that's definitely what it is with Bones. Like, is he doing anything different than other players his age did? Uh, I don't know, but he's given us more of a glimpse and a window into who he is um, on a day-to-day level that we haven't gotten from some of these other players. By the way, if it sounds like I'm criticizing all of it, I'm not. Uh, I think Bones is awesome. It's just kind of interesting to – it's really just that, that he's given us this window to watch, you know, a, a, as he sort of moves off of the NBA court. For sure. Let's hit a break real quick. And then we're going to declare who the Denver Nuggets rival is going to be for the 2022-2023 season on the other side. On that 20, uh, in that 2022-2023 season, you can just bypass the billionaire beef. I'm assuming it won't be resolved, Harrison. Hard to know. I'm going to guess no. Just check out Ivaca TV, the new GOAT in Colorado sports. Ivaca delivers amped up sports coverage for all of Colorado fans, Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, NFL Network. Get the most for the less. Enjoy over 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. But more importantly, your local sport teams. It's your right to watch them. Ivaca wants you to tap into it. 
How do you get it? You go to evaca.tv slash Colorado 10. That's evaca.tv slash Colorado 10. And Colorado sports fans will get $10 off per month for the first three months. Evaca TV. It gets the people going. It gets me going. That's for sure. It does. Um, Hey, this is in the copy, but I mean it, Harrison. This next product, I literally use it every single day. Athletic Greens. <laughs> I, do, I do, too. I, I really part. do. Yeah, Athletic Greens is great. I really enjoy it. Uh, probiotic health, among other things. Just basically all the ways you want to start your day. Um, just a really healthy start to the day. All in one scoop. 12 ounces of cold water. And you are set to feel good and take control of your health. Uh, don't waste time. Have better get gut health, have better energy, have an optimized immune system and skip all those pills and vitamins. Just crunch it down into one scoop, 12 ounces of cold water. You'll get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens. It's delicious. It's life changing and it's available to you. Go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets. That's athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we are back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DMVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's talk rivalries. We are going to declare now on uh, segment two here who the Nuggets rival is going to be next season. Through a little discussion, I will start by saying I think the Nuggets' biggest rival over the last couple years has been the Utah Jazz. But... It's clearly not going to be the Utah Jazz next season. Uh, the Utah Jazz are entering what I think is probably going to be a pretty long rebuild. Or maybe not long, but a pretty serious rebuild where they're very bad for a couple of seasons. They've already traded Rudy Gobert. They're probably going to trade Donovan Mitchell. But Utah's just a different team now. They're just not a high enough caliber team. And they don't have the same cast of characters that they've had in the past where they can be considered like the Nuggets biggest rival next season. I think like the Nuggets will still want to beat those guys. I think there will be some animosity between the fan bases. Like it seems like there always is, but there's just not going to be that same feel to Nuggets jazz games next season. Um, Vote. Do you want to throw out a team or nominate a team that you think could be the Nuggets biggest rival? You could start with the obvious one if you want, or you could just, you know, I've got a couple. Of, I've got a couple I want to save for the end. Since you just okay. addressed Utah, I want to address Portland because sure. I think those two were the obvious answers, one or the other, both. However, you had it in years past, and I think we're past that era a bit. Dame obviously still in Portland, but it's just a different version of that core. While I think they had a good offseason and they did bring in old friend Jeremy Grant, mm. I don't know if they're. I mean, I do know. I don't consider them contenders, and I consider them it's contenders, so it's just different to me now. As you said, Utah essentially starting a rebuild or some version of it. Hard to be rivals with a team in that scenario. Let's throw out the Suns, because I thought there was a chance for it to be the Suns. Jabal Murray has owned them in regular season matchups. He's missing in the playoff matchup. The Suns roll them. Mm-hmm. This is looking like the Suns are going one way, the Nuggets are going the other. And the Suns trip and fall. And so the team is still there. The team is still great. The vibes are different. Do we finally get that healthy clash? Does it amount to anything? 
Is there any juice here in a Suns rivalry? There could be. I definitely think there could be. Um, look, it's funny when you talk to people in the league about rivalries, like people on the Nuggets, like who, who do you think is your biggest rival? If you were to ask that to a coach or a player, everybody says that rivalries are a product of what happens in the playoffs. Mm. And the Nuggets and Suns, they have one playoff series under their belt. It was a 4-0 sweep. We know that. Suns in four, that's what happened. But while that series wasn't competitive, I think there were like a couple things in that series that could carry over, like Jokic taking the swipe at campaign. Right. Um, the dust up that the Nuggets had with, you know, Devin Booker in that mm -hmm. same sequence. Like that was such a significant event where you could see, I think, um, a ripple effect from that going forward in some matchups. And then you throw in the fact that both these teams are really good. Both these teams are probably going to be near the top of the West next season. Chris Paul, very hateable. Um, I think between the Nuggets and Suns fan bases, there's just a lot of uh, Suns fans. Oh, you know, the Nuggets aren't real they're not legit right jamal murray is not going to help them that much and then from the nugget side of things it's like oh you don't know who we are i i think there's something there I, I do think there's something there if the nuggets were to meet the suns in the playoffs again i think it would be a very physical very dramatic playoff series I think you're right. First of all, any team with Chris Paul on it is a candidate for just about every team in the league. It looks Absolutely. Like. Absolutely. And the reaction to their downfall, just, and not even necessarily players, it just seemed like the whole league and, and the respective fan bases really ate that up and enjoyed yeah. it. So there is some, because the Suns, on one hand, absolutely proved it across two regular season teams that like they were not to be messed around with but they didn't actually go ahead and prove it all. So I think there's this weird thing with them. There's a chance. Remember, too, this kind of slipped under the radar. Chris Paul did that uh, stop and transition with Jeff Green right behind him. Yeah. Really could have hurt Jeff Green. Jeff Green charged the Suns locker room that night. Dude, not, I forgot about that. Not a lot of media in town, so it only got talked about so much, but <laughs> he charged their locker room. He was cut off, but I would say, yes, these teams don't like each other very much. Wouldn't rule it out. And a big component to it is just before the Suns had that meteoric rise, they were a eh, team that Jamal was just destroying every time he went in there. Really curious to see how this flares back up with his return. Yeah, it takes a lot to Dude. really piss off uh, Jeff Green. Yeah, I mean, think about that. <laughs> Jeff Green is one of the most mild-mannered NBA players I've ever come across. It's true. It takes a lot to piss that guy off and to piss him off to an extent where he's trying to confront somebody in the tunnel. I mean, he doesn't even run for rebounds. If he's running to get into your locker room, you really <laughs> pushed a button. Just kidding. I like Jeff more than it seems, actually. Yeah, it does, it does take a lot for him to ramp up to, you know, Sounds 100%. Like full speed. Wow. He was really fired up. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's a lot there with the Suns and Nuggets fans just hate the Suns. And I love it. So I feel like the entire league uh, too, hates the Suns as well. I really do too. Yeah. You touched on them for an instance, but I'm going to throw out the Portland Trailblazers. 
I'm going to throw out the Trailblazers okay. as a nomination. I'm, I'm not sure if it's them, but I think they have a lot of good ingredients. The playoff history, like yeah. I just talked about, rivalries are built in the playoffs. The Nuggets have had two, I'd call pretty classic playoff series against these guys. Uh, that first go around 2018-19, of course, when they lost in seven games. And then more recently, two seasons ago, when the uh, Faku Camposo austin Rivers backcourt beat Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and kind of sent the Portland Trailblazers into not a rebuild, but I'll call it a reset. Right. Yusef Nurkic is still there. Damian Lillard is still there. Um, they've had some key players, I'd say, in a rivalry or in this rivalry depart. CJ McCollum, Zach Collins, Terry Stotts, who it, it's easy to forget, but he actually found a way to insert himself into some you know storylines over these two playoff series between the Nuggets and Blazers. The Jeremy Grant arrival is yep. the other component here. And I mean, we all know how he exited Denver. And I've I've heard a lot of you no know, tampering talk this offseason. If the league wants to investigate a tampering situation, <laughs> look at the Jeremy Grant situation. I mean, we Are know we sure they weren't <laughs> having lunch in the bubble at some point. Uh. We know, I know Jeremy Grant agreed to that three-year, $60 million deal with the Pistons well before free agency began. <laughs> if the league wants to look into that, they, they could find a lot uh, of, of tampering in that situation. I'll tell you when I reach my wit's end with this scenario. The first time Jeremy Grant grabs six rebounds against Denver in a Portland uniform, I'm going to be furious. Yeah. But I think I think there is still a little animosity between the Nuggets and Jeremy Grant because of how that went down. Portland, I think, is definitely going to be better than they were last season, of course. Definitely, definitely. I don't think they're in the Nuggets or Suns tier or really close to that tier. I think they're definitely one tier down, maybe two tiers down, but they're still going to be a, a much better team. They're going to be way better defensively. They've got a pretty well-rounded starting five, at least. Their bench, as I mentioned on a Thursday show, sucks. But their starting five is quality. So I think Nuggets-Blazers games are going to be at a heightened level compared to where they were last year. But I don't think enough to be the biggest rival Denver has this season. I agree, and I was going to throw this question to the chat. Lots of people hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Does it feel to you, gang, in the chat, as it does to me and to you as well, Harrison, that we're just in a post-Portland kind of phase of whatever the Nuggets' path is here to a title? They, they're still mm -hmm. lingering, still in the division, but whereas they once felt like the great obstacle, I just don't, I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. I don't either. I, I don't either, like – they definitely were the Nuggets' biggest rival at one point. Definitely. You know, Pre-Utah. But now, yeah, now it seems like Denver's probably moved past them a little bit onto bigger and better things, maybe. I think so. I think so. Yeah. All right. I'm going to throw out an underrated name in this discussion. And it okay. can't be them entering the season. I recognize this. But I think exiting this season or entering the playoffs, one way or the other, the Los Angeles Clippers could be a real 
rivalry. That series was unbelievable. They were the odds-on favorite to win the title. That part just kind of gets swept under the rug. That mm-hmm. was their year. Of course, the Battle of L.A. coming up. And it got personal. I mean, the Millsap thing, Jamal literally screaming go home at their sideline as he skips past. Yep. And then this as well. And I think it's been granted to the Clippers on a national way and, and, and maybe a way it hasn't for Denver. But I think those who watch closely know with pieces coming back and who they've gotten since both of these teams could be even better than they were when that series happened. Both of these teams could be the best teams in the West possible. Mm-hmm. And maybe we get another epic rivalry. And at that point, is it possible that what you really have are two juggernauts out West with a little bit of a history? It's not there yet, but it's dormant and it, it could be activated this season. Definitely could be activated, especially if these two teams meet in the playoffs, maybe the Western Conference Finals. I don't know. Right. You've also got a key player in the rivalry or a potential rivalry rivalry that's still in L.A. in Marcus Morris. Like we know about his history with the Nuggets in that playoff series. Also, I'll just throw this out there. Markeith Morris is a free agent, and I think mm. he said how he would love to play with his brother again, mm. so I would – keep the Clippers in mind when thinking about teams that could sign Markeith Morris. And if Markeith Morris went to the Clippers, that, that, that bumps them up a little in my, you know, rivalry power rankings, probably. Definitely. I agree with that. And I just, even that one regular season game in LA where the Nuggets really looked like towards the peak of their powers. I just circle those games. I just, I feel weight to them. Mm -hmm. I, I get very excited for them and they're ones that I, I really want the Nuggets to pull out every time they sit down to play that team. And I agree with A.J. Walker. I think they have to meet in the playoffs one more time. I'm just saying, what if it were this season and they really were the two best teams and they meet again? I just think there's meat on that bone. Something there, potentially. Yeah, something there, potentially. I'm going to group these two teams kind of into the the same tier. The Warriors and the Lakers. Because I kind of think... They're like too big for the Nuggets for different reasons to be their rival. Like the Lakers, everybody hates the Lakers. Everybody like everybody wants to beat the Lakers every single time. Like we we know that story. And then the Warriors, like there's been some great Nuggets Warriors games over the past couple years. Obviously, the playoff series last season, you've got the Jokic Draymond matchup, of course. You've got some other stuff in that series. I, I think the Nuggets are. Are, are, are not the biggest like Jordan Poole fans in the world. Mm. You got the Aaron Gordon factor with, you know, Draymond Green. Those two went at it a lot in that series. But, you know, the Warriors, they just won a championship. Like, they're, they're the Warriors. They're, they're the team that's owned, you know, the last, like, six, seven years. I think for separate reasons, those two teams are kind of just not in this discussion. I agree. I agree. As a brand, the Lakers are simply too big, even though the Nuggets are the considerably better team entering this this season. It just doesn't. It's it's just one of those classic. The Nuggets will always circle that game. The Lakers will kind of see it more as like a fly in the air than yeah, um, a, a beast in the room, I suppose. Just making up expressions. That's not a thing. 
And but, also, the, yeah, this is a point by Eric here. Like, right. The Lakers don't care about the Nuggets. They have bigger fish to fry, they think, even right. though they might right. not. I mean, and historically, then, this is accurate, you know. Yeah. And then the Warriors, yeah, I think the Warriors, they do give a crap about the Nuggets, but they they just have their, their focus on other things. I, I agree. I mean, they just won the title, too. Like, at best, the Nuggets could be the team that unseats them, but there's just far more work to do to build a real, like, ooh, these two teams are playing. You know, I just don't think it would ever look that way to the rest of the league or to Golden State. Yeah. Let's hit another break. We got to get to the team who I think we both think is the Nuggets' biggest rival. Brian guessed it. Brian guessed it. Already. Yeah, it's, it's the Houston Rockets, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's the Houston Rockets. <laughs> when does hate that team, you know? I think me and D-Line both hate the Rockets like an equal amount. You guys get fired up. About- he hates Jalen Green. I just hate the Rockets as a concept. That's right. Yeah. Fair, well, fair enough. I think some Rockets fans do, too. Yeah. Hey, doesn't matter how bad your team is. Look, in Colorado, we know something about hating a team. Rockies fans, you with me? Doesn't matter. You can still have fun watching them play, watching your favorite sport. Get in on the hottest sports action for your shot of cold hard cash with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get another shot at a big win. Uh, also, if you've already signed up, you can still win big with same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, props. There's so many ways to play, so many ways to win when you're doing it at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That's surprisingly an issue with some of these apps, not with DraftKings mm-hmm. because it's your money, and that's the point. Download that app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Risk-free bet paid out in the form of non-withdrawable free bet token. Max $1,000. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about our friends over at the Colorado Golf Association and this sick raffle that they've got going on for all of our golfer friends out there. Check out the Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Prizes include stay-and-play packages at... The Walia Blue Golf Course in Maui, Whistling Straits, a Naples Golf Tour and Palm Beach Golf Tour, as well as $5,000 gift card to Bandon Dunes. Whoa. To enter the uh, raffle, the deadline is August 18th, so make sure you get your ticket today for a chance to uh, win the Dream Golf Vacation. All proceeds benefit the CGA community programs, including Youth On Course, and Solich Caddy and Leadership Academy Youth on Course allows kids 18 and under to play courses around the state for $5 or less. And the Academy is a flagship program for CGA kids to caddy in two-year training program. Head to coloradogolf.org to get your tickets today. All right, back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DMVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We're going to get to some mailbag questions in a second. We got to declare a Nuggets rival for next season, though. I know you guys were waiting with anticipation during that break to hear who it is. I think it's got to be the Minnesota Timberwolves, Brendan. I think it has to be. Look, they don't have the playoff history with Minnesota, but there's just too many players in this 
matchup for it not to be them. I think like you got the Tim Connolly factor. You've got Rudy Gobert there. You've got Jokic versus Towns. They're in the division. You're going to play them so often. You've got former Nuggets assistant Chris Finch oh. as their head coach. Um, you've got A-Rod. Everybody hates A-Rod. That's like, right. Like, that guy sucks. There's He's not Derek Jeter, I'll tell you that. Here. Yeah, yeah. You should have shot A-Rod. There, there's just so many factors here. Austin Rivers is there. I mean, these things aren't like, oh, like, oh, we hate Austin Rivers, but Bryn he's Forbes. just there. Yeah, that, just adds to it. Yeah, it means something. Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is there. Brendan. Um, but just like every Minnesota-Denver game feels like a classic. They played some great games last season. Both, I, I still think Minnesota is a tier below Denver in the West, but they're going to be pretty good. It's going to be a great matchup for so many different reasons. I just feel like Nuggets, Timberwolves, every one of those games I'm going to have circled next season. I agree. I think that's definitely going to be the case for the Wolves. Possibly the Nuggets. We'll see. I mean, even that Summer League game felt a little bit like, oh, of course, they're playing first. Here we go. (laughs) I really think there's a lot here. I agree with you that only one of these teams has a legit chance to win the title. Maybe that's a little dismissive to the Wolves, who I actually think are a very good team. They just, they don't have Jokic, among other things. But they're a very good team. They're good enough, I think. Those regular season matchups are going to feel intense. The Wolves could absolutely win any of them. If uh, if somehow they met up in the playoffs, that would be a very intense matchup. I think we've got all we need here for, for this to, to happen. And I think the Wolves laid the groundwork for this last season. They definitely had those games circled. They came into all of those Nuggets games. Like, if we're going to show ourselves that we're different this year, we're going to show our city, we're going to do it in this matchup. And I really felt that, felt the intensity. And adding Rudy Gobert, I mean, I think it all just kicks up, ticks up. And the Tim thing is your natural connection there. So I really see this as the likely emerging rivalry uh, in this upcoming season. Yeah. Part of why like the Timberwolves get up for those games is because Carl Anthony Towns gets really hyped up for matchups against Nikola Jokic. He he might get a little too hyped up for, yeah. for certain matchups yeah. as we saw in like the play-in and in the playoffs a little bit, but um he really wants to beat the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic, I think more specifically every time he gets out there. And, like, that's the driving force here. You've got Rudy Gobert as well. Um, just The Nuggets have played Rudy Gobert for so many years because he's in the, in the division. Now he's still in the division. Um, I just think it's obviously Minnesota. And if there was a Nuggets-Timberwolves first-round series, I think that would be an absolute classic. Me too. I think, think it would be a classic. And the real wild card in it, I mean, there's Porter's health. Porter's play is a wild card in any conversation, but Brian hit it. I mean, oh, whoops, wrong guy. Uh, Anthony Edwards. I mean, how good is he going to look this year? Because we know how talented he is. The Nuggets saw it firsthand in that one game. Is If there's any kind of leap here, then... Uh, if there's any kind of leap here, then Minnesota has to be sort of evaluated differently in terms of mm-hmm. how serious they are. 
because I think there's a chance, a good chance he emerges as the best player on that team this season. I don't know. Eventually. Yes. Yeah. So I, I Dre, the legend in here saying that it's much closer than we think. I agree that it, it, they're actually close. I mean, I just Jokic to me is the edge in many of these types of matchups, but I think the Wolves have everything they need to be. Whereas last year I viewed them more as a thorn in the side. Now I think a legitimate, like, we got to be, we got to go to bed early the night before this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a big time matchup. So I think it's the Wolves. I think we can declare them the Nuggets' biggest rival heading into next season. A couple other teams I thought about briefly, but then dismissed Dallas. There have been some great Nuggets Mavs games over the years, but I just don't feel a rivalry there. Maybe it's because Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic are really good friends. Like there, there's just no hate there. Um, but the you know the Mavs are going to be very good again this coming season. I think there will probably be some more classic Nuggets Mavs games to come, and then Philly. Mm. Philly's tough because they're in the East. I think that's really the only reason we wouldn't have them right at the top of this list. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that was fun. We can declare Minnesota as the Nuggets rival heading into next season. Let us know your pick in the in the chat. We've seen some sun seeps and clippers. Uh, we want to yeah. know. We'll also put it on Twitter. I'm curious. Curious what the folk think. For sure. For sure. All right. Uh, let's go to the mailbag. But before we do that, let's go to the super chat uh, that we got here from Jake Smith. Watching while working, sharing some Burek money. Thank oh, you, Jake. That's um, awesome. That might feed all of us if we're just talking to Burek. I know. On that note, well, I can't make this transition yet. Kel, I'm about to send you something, but we'll pull it up while we take these uh, take these super chats. But we've got a new shirt. A lot of people have helped support us and helped this this Serbia trip come to life mm-hmm. through the super chats. More have inquired about how they can donate uh, specifically directly to this campaign. Linda, we don't want you to just donate. We want you to get something back from that. So D-Line whipped up the limited edition uh, DNVR Nuggets Serbia crossover shirt. This thing's really fun. Very excited to wear them all around town like first-rate Taurus Harrison. But you two at home can rock one. Uh, limited edition. Get them while they're there. Again, those proceeds will help us enjoy Serbia and bring some better content to you back home. But shout-out D-Line who hopped on that real quick. Yeah, these are limited editions, so we're going to be selling them now, but we're never going to sell them again. Like, this shirt will probably never come back you'll never have the chance to get it again so buy it right now you can wear it while we wear it in serbia and uh yeah if you want to help out and contribute to the trip it's really coming together um i wish i could share more details we will be sharing more details in the coming days and you know the coming week but trips really coming together man we do we do things live here on this show as our listeners well know but we're not winging this trip there's been a meeting <laughs> we're putting our minds together we've got a very exciting plan of some content the kind of stuff you know us for and then also something different some something up our sleeve that i think is a little little less what you expect from us so again we're just so excited for this trip i'm so excited to meet some of you homies guys and gals uh in the other homeland you know absolutely all right let's get to the mailbag i want to get to a couple questions here that came in via the chat first before we go to twitter 
kind of on the topic of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Eric chimes in here. How does Minnesota match Jokic defensively? Cat, Gobert, zone. Um, I mean, I, I don't think there's one definitive answer here, but my read on the Timberwolves trading for Rudy Gobert is I think there were a lot of reasons they traded for him. I do think defending Jokic was a factor in that, absolutely, and just knowing that they'd have to go through him potentially. Um, there were other reasons as well, but I think that was one of them. And I think we've seen maybe the only tactic that can be effective against Yoke, if there's anything, and I'm not even sure if there's anything because when this was most effective against him, it was a couple years ago with the Lakers, but putting just a ton of length and size at the rim. Right. One time back in the bubble when Nikola Jokic was a much different player than he even is now, that was a, that was effective against him. Um, just putting a lot of size and muscle and physicality in the paint um, that bothered him back then. I don't really think it bothers him now, but I think that could be part of the thinking in that matchup. Let's throw a lot of size. Let's throw a lot of different looks. Um, let's double him. You know, let's just make him see a lot of very long arms and limbs and see if we can frustrate him at all that way. I, I think that is probably the Wolves thinking, you know, just, just when, when they're just brainstorming about how to defend Nikola Jokic. So we've seen the Jazz do this, try this. We've seen the Lakers do it. You know, and it's not about having Gobert or Anthony Davis guard Jokic. It's about having them on the floor alongside another big. And, you know, a lot easier to do in, in some of these seasons when the Nuggets haven't been healthy because there's a lot of non-shooters on the floor. I think the way I look at it now is I could kind of see Gobert guarding Aaron Gordon and not necessarily worrying about spot up threes and just sort of roaming in the lane. It's towns on Jokic still. And if, and as Jokic drives or gets deep position, that's where the help is coming from in Gobert. And you just throw a lot of length on him. Um, I think it'll all be Jokic is going to look considerably less solvable with his firepower around him. But I do think that's an approach that's born fruit. Jazz did it with favors and Gobert Lakers with, uh, with AD and Dwight. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's a part of what the wolves the wolves will try, uh, and and I will see to, to varying effectiveness. You made a great point though, which is that Jokic is kind of a different beast in terms of scoring now than when he was the last. That was that was a popular strategy. Yeah, he's just a completely different player, man. He leveled up so much from the guy he was in the bubble. Like he is at a completely different level now. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but I definitely think that was part of the uh, thinking and bringing Rudy Gobert in. Uh, we got some good questions on Twitter that I want to get to here. The homie Alec Wynn chimed in. Uh, he brought up this recent Jamal Murray interview with Kaz Brown that slipped under my radar. I, I did not see this. Kaz Brown is a former Kentucky volleyball player, and she had Jamal Murray on her podcast on her show there were some interesting notes here. Um, I just skimmed the interview real quick, but um, shout out to who sent this to me. Um, 
Somebody sent this to my DM here, and he says in this interview, Jamal Murray says they're trying to bring P.J. Dozier back to the squad. Uh, I think he, Jamal was talking about who the funniest players on the Nuggets are or his funniest teammate, and he mentioned P.J. Dozier and then apparently said they're trying to bring P.J. Dozier back. I don't think they are trying to bring P.J. Dozier back, but um, I, I just thought that was notable. And then also in that interview, I thought this was pretty funny. Um, he goes, he, he was asked who is the most likely player to pick up the tab at dinner. Jamal Murray said the coaches because they have the team credit card. Ah, ah, all right. Fair enough. And then my also, my, my other favorite part from this interview, he, he was just talking about Denver and the nuggets. And he said, quote, it's my home and I don't plan on leaving. Love that. Not that I was too worried, but you love to hear it. Yeah, um, I, I've always the Jamal in Denver thing has felt really organic to me. We talk about that so much with Jokic, but it does feel kind of glove on hand. It doesn't feel like he's too big for this town or too small for this town or whatever. It's, you know, we've talked about the identity and the planks of wood kind of leaving. And at what point is it a different ship? They've mm-hmm. still got their core. But if Jamal Murray were not here we're talking about a completely different thing, you know, a completely different identity. I think connection from the fan base to the team for a lot of folk, it's through Jokic, but for more than we give credit for it's through Jamal. So you just love to hear that. Not that it was ever in doubt, but he's, he's one of us, you know? Yep. Uh, The homie, Josh Barnett asked on Twitter, do you think we can get back to being a force at home? He's expecting 35 plus wins at home next season. I love this question because I agree. I think the Nuggets look, I I don't know if there's anybody higher on the Nuggets right now than me. Like I think they can win the West. I think Jokic can win a third MVP in a row. I think like the sky is the limit obviously for the Nuggets this season. Part of that is I think they're going to be absolutely dominant at home. Um, They went 23 and 18 at home last season. It was a weird year where they were just not as good at ball arena as they should have been. But I'm with Josh. I'm expecting a return to just dominance at home. Me too. And what I find hilarious about that record was it makes sense if they're, uh, were all, they were also bad on the road, but they were great on the road. Um, yeah. I, I do not, I t- still don't understand what went into that. It's also one of those questions that you could ask the coaches and the players a hundred times. There's no consensus. It just did not work out. I hope and expect that things will return to normal. Also, the juice in the building, you know, not just the fans, and it's not just the TV thing. It's about, I think this year when someone buys a ticket to go see the Nuggets. They're buying a ticket to go see a bona fide contender. And I think they will carry that energy with them into the arena. So who knows how much that impacts the record. I just think that was a weird, even considering the injuries, that was still a weird outlier thing last season. Mm -hmm. Nuggets on Twitter asked us, do you guys think, or who do you guys think will be the five man lineup that closes the most wins? Is it the starters is Bones Highland in there for somebody? Is it somebody else that's closing? What do you think, Brendan? I actually think it'll still probably be the starters, but mm-hmm. I think there will be a significant percentage from 
some of the options you just threw out there. Bruce Brown and KCP closing over MPJ. We've talked about that a fair amount. I mean, in the playoffs, that could definitely rear its head for defense reasons. Will Bones? If Bones is playing extremely well in the third quarter and a starter's having a rough night or needs rest, Malone has in the past rolled with him, could see him doing it again. And I would say there's probably value in doing that, especially at home where there, mm-hmm. you just the return on Bones buckets in ball seem to be like, oh my God, you know, double. So, yeah, it's a great question. I could see a lot of scenarios where Bruce Brown is closing over MPJ. Yeah. I could easily see that. I could very easily see that. I would not be surprised if that happens a lot, especially early in the year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Michael Porter Jr. is going to be like defensively. I don't know how long of a leash he's going to have. He's probably going to have to re-earn Michael Malone's trust. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think Bruce Brown could close a lot of games. And yeah, of course, if Bones is hot, of course Michael Malone might roll with him. Like he did that last season. I think he could do that again. And I see people in the chat saying Malone would never pull MPJ. Uh, Yes, he would. This isn't, I saw a comparison to Barton, not interested in rehashing the Barton thing, but I think what you're seeing was like a trust in a guy that had been there X amount of years and a veteran. And I do, I think Harrison's right that Porter's going to have to re-earn this, which if we all remember, took a while from the jump to begin with. You know, I think Malone wants whatever version of Porter Denver gets to be a very specific version. And he's worked very hard to get that version. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think he has that trust yet, but yeah. What do I, I just think that look, Michael Porter took a huge step the year before last year. And you know, his, he, he got way better defensively. And I think he did earn a bunch of trust with, with Michael Malone, especially in the playoffs and kind of how he bounced back from some of those early playoff games. But I just kind of think he's starting over a little from ground zero. And he's yeah, got, he'll start himself back up. Right, right. But yeah, exactly. It's those when Malone gets tense and the game slipping away and how does he feel most comfortable adjusting? We have seen that adjustment, Ben. Porter sits for a little. Yeah. It's happened. So yeah, I think you're right. Last question. This comes from Nick. What spots in the rotation are most flexible? So I think he's just asking, you know, what spots in the rotation could be up for grabs? And then does Jack White, Brendan, does he have a chance for a smidge of meaningful minutes this year? I mean, hopefully not. No offense to Jack. Just (laughs) been a little too long of those minutes being meaningful for my taste. I think ideally. No, he doesn't. Um, although good on him for making and earning uh, that roster spot. Who? Sorry, what was the first half? Who could earn one? That yeah, like not? what spots in the rotation are most flexible? What spots could be up for grabs? We know the starters are nailed down. We know the starters are set in stone. Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nico Jokic, Bones Highland's going to be in the rotation. Are there any other spots you think are up for grabs? Yeah, I mean, we don't. I still don't think we know how this fits into this necessarily considering Jeff Green is still on this roster you know how does the backup forward big situation shake out because I also have to account for the fact that best case scenario you're it's like 
60 games of 10 to 12 minutes from DeAndre Jordan. And that's me being like wishful, right? So Mm -hmm. there there's, I think there's plenty up in the air in terms of, in terms of the bench in in those positions. Yeah. I think you got to look at backup three. Is it going to be Davon Reed? Is it Mm -hmm. going to be Christian Brown? And then, yeah, the Zeke situation, how he factors in, what position does he play? Does he become the backup five? Right. Or is he going to be fighting with Jeff Green for those backup four minutes? We'll see. But I think those are the two big ones to watch on the bench unit. I think you're right. All right. That's all the time we got for today's show. We already ran over, but I just want to get to that question in those last couple. Thank you guys for listening. Again, that limited edition Serbia DNVR Nugget Mm. shirt is available. We just tweeted out a link before the show started. So go grab that. This shirt will not be available forever. This is a limited edition release, unlike most of our merch. So you got to get it now or you're not going to be able to get it. Um, But pick that up. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then.